Bottle Episode is a spirited podcast about spiritous libations. Those under their country's legal drinking age should turn off this podcast and go do their homework. And welcome to Bottle Episode, the professional bartender's guide for the cocktail enthusiast. I am your host, Lan Tallis, and joined with your host, Elise Nye, my wife and best friend of all time. Yes. Uh, hi. Uh, hi. Uh, we, we've recorded two episodes now, and I stand by the first two episodes. Like I had a wonderful time speaking with both of those people. But one thing that I really do want to avoid is this podcast getting way too nerdy uh or way too like industry focused i want it to be a podcast for for people who are interested in drinks to enjoy not just a podcast for people who are bartenders to enjoy uh yep so i'm here to keep the nerds on track so you're here to keep the nerds on track speaking of nerds (laughs) we are joined today by one of my favorite people uh he had he came from New York working at the Nomad down to Nashville where I met him uh, at the Fox, one of my favorite bars of all time. Same. Uh, best Acre in Nashville. Uh, fight me on it. Uh, <laughs> he's also the person People who will. like literally taught me how to stir, saw me like bullshitting about how good I was at bartending uh, <laughs> and was like, nope, keep that jigger level. And I was like, oh, what's a jigger? <laughs> It is it is Nick Dolan, everybody. Uh, Hey, buddy, how you doing? (laughs) I'm well. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing so well. Yep. Well, man, you're you're doing all sorts of stuff these days, uh, and it's been like we've been talking for like an hour since before we started the (laughs) podcast uh, because we haven't really seen each other that much uh, since I moved to Austin. Well, since I moved to New York and then to Austin. and you've just been you've just been out there killing it. Um, why don't you tell <laughs> us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I uh, I've kind of got into. I always like telling people how I got into bartending because I think it's kind of a it's uh, I don't know it's very fitting for my life and it's just kind of an interesting um, story and kind of how things happened uh, because I was actually working as a recruiter in New York City. Um, let's see, this was probably 2012 and. Uh, I was recruiting for all these like executive assistants and administrative assistants for these hedge fund companies that uh, don't have time to conduct interviews themselves. So they hire these third party companies to take care of it for them pretty much. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty cutthroat industry. And uh, needless to say, I did not, not last long uh, at all. Uh, and then I'll never forget kind of I had been unemployed maybe just like a week. Uh, and I knew I was running out of money fast, obviously being in Brooklyn and uh, trying to make it all work. I was thinking of going back to Banana Republic, which is where I started in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so my uh, my friend, uh, he's actually uh, one of my one of my closest friends. His name is Graham Vickers, uh, and he is a uh, level two psalm and just this you know uh, ex- extraordinary person with a wealth of knowledge that at the time was just getting into wine. And he was like, "Hey, I just started working at the Nomad." I'd love to have you on board. Like, you know, we, I know you need some money. Like we need barbacks. And I was like, all right. I was like, I don't know what a barback is, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> like what's, I really had no idea. Yeah, barback? yeah. What is a barback? For- yeah. For those who don't know, and it's, you know, it's important. I, I had this role for three years 
Um, so, uh, which is a long time to be a bar back. It's, it's too long. I would say, um, it's one of the reasons I left, uh, because I was a little frustrated and, um, you know, but that program is also very, very intense and they, they didn't think I was up to snuff yet. And honestly, I, I wasn't, um, but, um, all that aside, a bar back is someone that, uh, should really be like, you're just, you're the ultimate support. Uh, the one thing the bartenders there always told me was to anticipate needs uh, before they anticipate their own needs, pretty much. Anticipate their needs, obviously, first. That was the, always the big thing. So you could, you know, say you'd like, we were just always keeping an eye on on different, uh, you know, juice bottles, cheaters, as we call them. Uh, it just mm-hmm. And if I, if I knew something was like, you know, if I had four different stations that I was kind of supporting, I knew that like maybe two of them needed juice within the next 15 minutes. Um, and so that was on Fridays and Saturdays, you know, that was always my job to kind of just look out for those bottles that were always running low. Um, yeah. you know, and I was actually making good money, which I didn't realize until later. I was frustrated <laughs> with how busy it was. And I was like, I should be doing, I should be doing better than this. And then like, and you know, it was probably like, you know, 150 a night then like, so it's gotta be different now. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and that like, wasn't bad at all, but like some part of me was like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm busting my butt to do this. Um, but yeah. uh, as I was kind of telling you while we were uh, rambling before we started, um, the Nomad really was the place that like got me to really love and appreciate not just cocktails, but spirits. Yeah. Um, and that's where I, it's, it was where I f- was first introduced to Mezcal. Um, and, uh, yeah. and, and like, so just a lot of different things. Uh, we had the Master Distiller for Don Julio come out once, um, which like I remember at the time just completely blew um, completely blew my mind. Uh, and I think that was what was so cool about it because they had so many different things that I just had never heard of before. Obviously I, like I mentioned Mezcal and, but like, uh, you know, uh, Cognac, I really didn't know what the hell that was for a long time. And it just, I don't know, being introduced to all these things, I was just kind of like, uh, you know, I was a vodka drinker before the nomad. So I was like, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, nobody, <laughs> nobody, but nobody, but Frazier, Knows what cognac is in America. <laughs> is that uh, what he drank? Sam, like yeah, he was like he was always like it was always like with the, cognac the niles or or like <laughs> sherry niles. He, he was the only person drinking cognac and sherry in the nineties. Uh, that's but, like that's I'm like if you asked me like what that is, I'd be like, yeah, it's, I know it's what the that Fraser is, drink. and then I'd be like, can you explain it at all? And I'd be like, no, no, um, no. no, I can't. <laughs> Cognac, for for those of you like this, this is where we start to get nerdy, and this is where Elise. Where I'm uh, like, I've heard of that. Uh, cognac is a distillate. Uh, it's a spirit made from grapes. Uh, uh, it is very specific to a region in France, uh, and it falls under the blanket category of brandy. Uh, there are lots of other kinds of brandy. Cognac is just one of them. Uh, so it's like, is are. Or is there like knockoff cognac where it's like it needs to come from the cognac region of France? No, it's very specifically has to come from the cognac region of France. Uh, Is there like a sparkling wine equivalent or no? It's less less sparkling winey, like kind of. But like they're strict about it. I'm just trying to they're, think of how very, to make this into. Like, they're very, they're very extremely strict mean. about it, but it is um, there are other kinds of French 
uh, brandy. There's there's okay. uh, Armagnac. There's Calvados. There's so all it's, sorts it's of brandy from. Yeah, it is a type of brandy there. And there's Cognac. a lot of brandy, which is just uh, spirits made from fruit, uh, okay. primarily made from grapes, but it can be made from other things. Calvados is made from uh, apples yeah. uh, and also pears sometimes. But but there's there's Armagnac, which is from a different region. There's there's Pisco, which is which is like Peruvian or Chilean. There's all sorts of brandy out there. There's American brandy, uh, apple and brandy, American. Yeah, apple brandy is great. And like American brandy is also like getting pretty good. Uh, <laughs> or like people are starting to like make brandy and like yeah. do it well. Um, it's one of the it's the oldest spirit to date. Um, if people are really like going back and thinking of what the initial, like the first cocktails were, were just like punches pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were almost always had brandy, like some sort of like probably something along the lines of like sherry and cause they had a lot of wine, obviously. Um, but that was, yeah, it's, it's interesting that the history of brandy is pretty fascinating. Um, absolutely. Anyways. Um, but yeah, brand brandy's that's what cognac is. Okay. I, I don't remember why we were talking about because cognac. the Nomad has such an interesting selection. Oh, interesting yes, selection. Yeah, I know she's gonna work hard on this one to keep Lost us on track. <laughs> this is like her biggest nation. challenge yet. <laughs> Speaking of brandy, Speaking of what brandy, are we drinking today? Rum. Drinking, we're drinking <laughs> rum, which is not brandy, not at all. No, um, specifically, we're drinking uh, what, Nick? Daiquiris, baby. Daiquiris, ah, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things. Yeah, daiquiris. Uh, as we kind of talked about earlier, they're such a tough one. Uh, but um, to kind of go back to what you just said about you liking the Fox's daiquiri so much, I think the biggest thing that daiquiri is so successful for, like, is the blend of the three different rums, which I know mm -hmm. you are currently drinking. Yeah, a daiquiri with a blend mine, of three different rums. Mine didn't turn out <laughs> as successful because I just I I poured what rum I had on hand and I used a very cool Mexican rum, which is not typically what I would use in a daiquiri. But I was like, maybe this will turn out great. It turned out fine. Uh, I didn't play super nice with, <laughs> the, other, with the other rums. It didn't mm -hmm. play super nice with the other rums that I was using, but it did sure. turn out fine. And I am already finished with it because we started talking <laughs> over an hour ago. That's fair. I'm I'm just finishing up mine, which. <laughs> uh, All right. So we need to take a break, everybody. Uh, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just finishing my double. So I feel fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. The, again, another thing about daiquiris is like they're so dangerous. You know, whenever you're, dangerous. yeah, whenever you're having some, you're just like, like, oh, this is, if I don't, if I don't curtail this at some point, this is going to get, this is going to get scary real fast. Yeah. I, I, I take a sip. I look away. I come back. I'm like, who drank my daiquiri? Drank <laughs> it's like, it was me. You, pound, you pounded that. <laughs> yeah. I'll have um, another. <laughs> um, Never mind. I'll have another. So, but that's, so they, they play off each other so well, though, those, uh, those different rums, you know, I think that's the biggest yeah. thing. So. Uh, but let's let's talk a little bit about like the history of the daiquiri and also yeah. what what it is, what a daiquiri is. Um, we played a game. It wasn't really much of a game. We just talked about it, but we played a, a game with the martini uh, last oh, week, cool. which was what isn't a martini. And, you know, we, we talked about, well, you know, like uh, an espresso martini is a is not a martini. A lemon drop martini is not a martini. A lychee martini is not a martini. They're all lowercase <laughs> M martinis, but they're not capital M martinis. Hmm. Uh, those are all different cocktails for a different day. 
Right. There's there is a there are daiquiris and then there are capital D daiquiris. Uh, What's a lowercase D daiquiri? Frozen daiquiris. Okay. Okay. All, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. and all of their their like iterations. Yeah, which I feel like honestly, before I started drinking da- like daiquiri real daiquiris before i started drinking capital d daiquiris <laughs> the picture in yeah. my mind of a daiquiri was not yeah a daiquiri it's like, a, like the hurricane glass with the bendy the big straw thing, and, and it's yep. all like the umbrella like a and thing the and there's fruit on top like strawberry daiquiri or something like yeah that's what cher- i thought cherries with those i definitely have seen a maraschino cherry in a okay in a daiquiri before um, wait at least where was your first daiquiri do you remember um, I, I don't know, honestly. Um, I, I remember, I remember <laughs> I specifically had a strawberry daiquiri lip gloss when I was a child that gave me the misconception <laughs> that, that daiquiris are, made have little, gloss. That, <laughs> that daiquiris are made of lip gloss. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that that daiquiris were were in that, but hurricane glass. Yeah, hurricane hurricane glass. glass with like a straw and like a bunch of fluffy stuff on top. Yep. So lip gloss informed me about daiquiris or misinformed me about daiquiris as a child, and then, um, I don't know. I probably had my first daiquiri with you, yeah. honestly, because. Capital D, yeah, first I, yeah. capital D. Yeah, daiquiri. yeah. I, I like. I don't. I might have had my first capital D daiquiri. I think. I think we just need to start hitting the D really hard. Just like mm-hmm. daiquiri. daiquiri. Yeah. Uh, it was I, honestly probably it was at maybe the at the Fox is what I'm oh, saying. Wow. Like, I I lived I lived like walking distance from the Fox. Like right after I graduated college, like twenty one. Um, we I would walk over there and like experience cocktails so like that was like very much my first like real capital d daiquiri drinking that's experience cool. that's, I had, a, that's uh, a great memory i like that yeah 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 i had <laughs> had a lot of cocktail corner. experiences as well like i had had several cocktail experiences at that point i'd been mm-hmm. i had lived in new york for a little bit i had been to like attaboy i had been to maybe only attaboy um which is still one of my favorite bars of all time it's fantastic uh, yeah um, but the, the first time I really started getting into cocktails was in Nashville when I was like, yeah, I could work at the Fox. I can do this. I, I bartended before and I had no idea. Like I just, it wasn't even that I was like trying to bullshit my way into a job. It's just that I had no idea what I didn't know. And so I was so confident. <laughs> I love that my, though. In my ability. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, I love this stuff. Let's do it. Uh, and and it opened up this Pandora's box for me, just like being behind that bar for like two seconds. Uh, and you being like, nope, that's not how you stir. I'm like, oh, hold that jigger level. Like, uh, let's make let's make this let's make this Manhattan right. Uh, it, I like that. I like, like that you remember these things. I, you know, well, that, I hope I, like I hope I was that mean. moment. No, you you were you were incredibly nice. That moment changed my life. <laughs> like, wow. I, like, right. not to put too fine a point on it, but like that moment changed my life where I was like, oh, oh, this is cool. Oh, this is, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's fun, I think. And like, you know, you just, when you get into a zone behind the bar, you're just like, ooh, I'm, 
I'm feeling good, you know. And there there are nights where that that that's very common, but obviously a lot of nights where you just feel like yeah. garbage. And you're like, well, you're like I mean, oh, well, I had eight daiquiris last night. I should feel fine. <laughs> <laughs> I should feel better than that. I should feel good. better than this. Yeah, they're but, delicious. I know I made them right. <laughs> as as I as I like became more passionate about bartending and like found this thing that I could be creative in and also make money. And also that I just like after that initial, after that initial moment of like, Oh, I don't know how to do any of this kind of found out that I had a knack for, uh, the, the drink that I had the most fun showing other people was the daiquiri because a lot of people Mm -hmm. have misconceptions about it. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the easiest drinks in the whole world to make. Uh, because what are the ingredients of the daiquiri, uh, uh, Nick? Um, oh, just of a traditional daiquiri. Yeah. Oddly oddly enough, uh, you know, it does not need to be blended or frozen Uh, listen, there's a a time and a place for those, but the tradition, the traditional ingredients of a daiquiri are simply lime, sugar, and rum. Uh, white rum was what was used for a long, long time. And now. Uh, some bartenders, including myself, get into using aged rum and some overproof rums just to get a little fun and funky. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, oddly enough, like those are the only three ingredients. And uh, I have no problem with uh, muddling a little strawberry in there, too, if you want to, you know, mm-hmm. get get a little bit more diverse with the flavor. I think that's when it's not quite like the martini, but the daiquiri is more versatile than I think a lot of people realize, too. Oh, absolutely. And I think that the the daiquiri also like it is one of those cocktails like much like the martini um, that is just so far greater than the sum of its parts. You think, oh, it's just going to be rum, sugar and lime juice Uh, like that. That's not not going to blow my mind. And then you have an amazing daiquiri, like a very well-made daiquiri. And you're like, oh, this is like, oh, this is what this can be. And so that was that was always why I really enjoyed showing it to my friends when I was Mm -hmm. just starting out bartending. Because I was like, I know how to make a really good daiquiri. And that's one of the only things that I know how to make really well at this (laughs) point. But like false. Everybody (laughs) thinks that. Well, maybe. But like at this point, it's it's false. (laughs) 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 But it's like. Everybody thinks of the daiquiri in this one way as like this hyper sweet blended drink. Mm-hmm. And and when you show them this, like actually, no, it's this like pretty light, delicate, like mm-hmm. served up in a in a like a coupe glass or a martini glass or whatever you want to serve it in uh, with no ice. Uh, and it's just this delightful, so like surprisingly complex uh, drink. And it. Like I was so enamored of it for so long, and I still am. Uh, I, I feel like I've I've found other things that I've I've focused on more since then. But like the daiquiri was truly my first love of cocktails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's honestly like even just outside of our friends, I remember specifically sitting at the bar at Old Glory when you were making stuff, and there was a guy where you're, they were like, "What should I get next?" or like something I don't know, and you were like, "Oh, like." Or maybe asked what I was drinking or something. And then mm-hmm. you made him a daiquiri and he was like, grumble, grumble. I don't think I'd like a daiquiri. But you <laughs> made him one. And then he had it and he was like, oh, shit, this is good. And yeah. it's it just like, it's fun to see people go from the like, 
Oh, a daiquiri. The, like, daiquiri. Lip, the yeah. How good can a daiquiri the be? Lip gloss, to... lowercase the lip gloss, lowercase D, daiquiri image yeah. to like, oh shit, this is so freaking good. A daiquiri is I one of the this. cocktails that is the easiest to make that has the most capacity to surprise people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it, you know, it's very it's, fun to watch. It is, no question. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think it's like the bar scene has gotten better about normalizing like men drinking what appear to be effeminate drinks and women like drinking the stronger boozy manly drinks. Like I think mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I I'm glad that those lines are dissipating because, you know, I, I, I don't know. I still had obviously a bunch of guests over the past few years that, you know, w- would be like, I want this, I want this on the rocks. This decree is, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't fit like how I, you know, you, the, the word you use. Like, oh, is it too strong for is you? It too strong? You want yeah. it on the rocks? I know. You need yeah. it to be diluted a little bit. Is it too strong <laughs> for you? And it's just, uh, it, the glassware thing is, is an interesting um, part of it yeah. too, which we could talk about, but uh, I think we I, should actually like, I feel like the daiquiri is a good one to talk about it with, where mm-hmm. it's just like, like bottom line is glassware does not have yeah. a gender. <laughs> glassware, <laughs> glassware is an is inanimate gender, object. Shock, neutral. <laughs> and say it again. And your, your drink, like beyond the fact that you should just be able to drink whatever it is you want. If you're, if you're the, you know, I'm trying to think of like the the manliest man I can think Just of. Like if you're beefiest. if you're if Jason you're the Momoa. beefiest boy, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa, you He's know beefy. Jason Momoa is, is a beefy no boy problem. and is drinking daiquiris left and right. Would yeah. have He's, no problem drinking out of stemmed glassware. He's got a tiki vibe to him too, so he's definitely drinking daiquiris. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> drinking daiquiris. He's definitely drinking Mai Tais, all yeah. sorts of like fruity drinks. You know that guy loves that so, sort of yeah. stuff. And it doesn't change the fact that he is one of the beefiest boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No question. Uh, and by the same token, it doesn't make anybody more manly to drink a stirred, like boozy, like old fashioned or a Manhattan or whatever. Also, yeah. a Manhattan should be served up unless unless you want it to be diluted. That's fine. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's also fine. As long as, as long as your reasoning for wanting a Manhattan on the rocks is like, I would like to like have it dilute and let it last longer as opposed to like, don't give me that girly glass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, don't be scared of glassware. I feel like there's so much to explore and it's mm-hmm. kind of a bummer if you like only want to drink stuff out of a rocks glass. And we or- we talked right. a little bit last last week about how like martini glasses are yeah. just objectively a hard drink or a hard glass to drink out of. Mm-hmm. But there are plenty of other stemmed glassware options that you can use and enjoy and not spill things all mm-hmm. over. I was going to say how many martinis have you spilled? Oh, I have, uh, I've spilled, if we're counting ones that I was drinking, um, <laughs> then, then yeah. oddly, oddly enough, the number goes up uh, a lot. Yeah. Just right yeah. out of there. It was just like, yeah. Wow, I, uh, I could have sworn I, I had like, a martini okay, in here. So with, oh. with, with daiquiris, you, you, you drank the martini, or you drank the daiquiri. Like, it's gone. You did that. Martini. Right. Yeah, it, you're it sipping flew slow. out. Whoop. Yep. It, if where to go, that wasn't me. That was gravity. <laughs> That's the tough thing too. Is if people don't realize that, like, oftentimes daiquiris can be even stronger than some of those. Obviously, depending on the proof of the rums you're using, but can be even stronger than some of those boozier drinks. Uh, yeah, you know, old fashions tend to only have two ounces of 
of whiskey in there, right? So yeah, and if you're using like if you decide to use an overproof rum in your in your daiquiri, uh, like I know you are currently. Uh, then that your daiquiri pound for pound is is far stronger than the old fashioned. Yeah, um, uh, specifically when you make two of them and put it in one glass. <laughs> <laughs> then it's hey, but that's then it's that's really just strong. what we call that's just what we call efficiency. <laughs> so, what what is the history of daiquiris? Uh, the history Great of daiquiris. Yeah, yeah. Great like, what's question. the story behind this delicious, delicious N- drink? Nick, are you aware of the history of daiquiris? Yeah, and uh, please, if I have, uh, if there are any holes in my story here, I, I hope you'll help out. Okay. Um, can I? Can I? Can I have yeah. a guess first? Please. Is it a scurvy? Is is it a scurvy thing? In terms of fake? how it was created. Yeah, or just yeah. like for for reasons well, for drinking it. So, like the the actual. Uh, the name of the drink only stems back to like late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, and it's, uh, it's named after the beach in Cuba. Um, and, uh, so in terms of how they came up with the ingredients, that's a great question. I think you're right. I, I think, cause I've been saying that about gin for a while. Uh, it's because that so often they, you know, uh, citrus was viewed as medicinal for a long time because of scurvy and, you know, another myriad health health issues. But uh, there's, were, there's certainly a long history of of the pairing of rum and citrus juice. Right. Uh, exactly. For that exact reason. Yeah. And so they obviously, uh, you know, if we want to think about uh, Pirates of the Caribbean specifically, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I keep thinking about how they're talking about rum and molasses a lot in that movie. And so molasses mm-hmm. was something that they had a lot of access to in the islands. Uh, and so that just became a very natural sweetener. Um, now, obviously, we, you know, tend to gravitate towards using a, a lighter white sugar simple syrup for daiquiris. Most of the time, I have worked at some places that will use Demerara. Um, that's what I like to use. Yeah, no, understood. So it's that's how it started, and then uh, it, you know, uh, so it, it was. I, I guess the pr- the proper pronunciation is Dykety, uh, from what I've heard, and it then like again Americanized a bit, you know, and we have our just like you wouldn't know there are three eyes in that word really uh, if you say daiquiri. You know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's, yeah exactly. It. I, I know. Yeah. D-A-I-Q-U-I-R-I. It's very, it's a, yeah. Oh no. I've, well, cause I've just <laughs> misspelled it so many times at this point. Um, uh, so it's just, it's, it's history is, is really pretty interesting because it ended up being uh, brought over, I believe by a congressman um, uh, to New York city at the same time that it, the drink was becoming popular in like parts of Southern Florida. Um, hmm. so it, the daiquiri was starting to become like a drink that was like, they didn't, I don't know if they actually, ha- you know, knew of the proper wording, uh, then, but I know, I do know it was a, it was a drink that was being served in New York, uh, in that time period, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, pre Jerry Lewis and all that. So mm-hmm. and it was, it was definitely, it was, it was invented in Cuba. Um, like there's, there's like the story goes that it was invented by, like by a bartender in I think Santiago, Cuba, but it said that it like some sort of I think a copper miner ordered it and like was actually like going to a copper mine in uh Daiquiri, Cuba. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah. Um based on the it, it, tests that I took on the daiquiri for I my love how like test. how like how all of the drinks are like 
such things of legend. Like yeah. the story goes that, and I I love that so much. Like I, it doesn't does it matter if it's true? I don't know. Yeah, it's just. I great. mean, that's something that I I lament a lot about like modern bartending is that all the ideas are gone. Like largely gone are the days of the story of like guy walks into a bar, asks for this with this, but not that and gets a new drink out of it. There have been so right. many drinks like cocktail culture is is like over 100 years old. So all of the ideas have been taken. And so you have to think hard to make something that hasn't already been mm-hmm. created, yeah. which is which is on the one hand, like frustrating, because I think that the best drinks that I make are in the moment when somebody's like, I'd like this or I'm just like, mm, would these two things taste good together? But I but I also know that probably those things have already been made. Um, and you have to put a lot more thought into, to new drinks that are like really original. Um, but that's, that's just a bartender struggle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what happened with this? Sorry, go ahead. If you're going to say something. I was just thinking, saying that that's what the decorate is so special because it's three ingredients, but it's just, it it, it hits so many different levels with, with just those. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's really tough to make a truly revolutionary three ingredient cocktail in these days because they were breaking that ground in the like late 1800s, early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what were exactly. you going to ask? Oh, so wait, what was the deal with this copper miner? Oh, just he, he was he just, at a bar. That, he, that's he the thing. It's was just like, like dude, dude he, walked into a bar, asked for a thing. I'm going to work. Yeah. yeah. I want something. <laughs> and he's like, Rum? this is great. Sweet. I'm headed. I, He's like, this is great. Why? Well, I'm headed off yep. to Daiquiri. And he's like, okay, that's a good name for this. So long. Like, yeah. that's, I'm pretty sure that's the, the long and short of it. Um, what did he, did he ask for something specific? Or were they just like, make mix me up something real good? And the bartender did. And that's what happened. I think that's what's one part of like the lore is we don't really mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. I you love know. it, though. Yeah. It's so fun. Exactly. I think you're right. And like, I, yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's just, I don't know, it leaves so much to the imagination of how it happened. Uh, and that's why Lan said, too, it, it, almost all these really amazing drinks come from just kind of uh, normally mistakes, oddly enough. Um, the best yeah. drinks I think I've ever made anyway have been like, oh, I didn't mean to put that in there. Let's see what it tastes yeah. like. <laughs> let's, 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 see, let's see how this will taste. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing these days, at least, is like, I think we're getting a new opportunity to do things like that, to make new drinks without going crazy because there are so many new spirits being made right now. Yeah. So many uh, people God. have a whole lot. Of, I mean, we've, we've ta- I mentioned a couple times this Oaxacan rum that I'm currently using for my daiquiri, which didn't do great for a daiquiri, but it's done really well for other cocktails that I've used it with. And it's pretty new, uh, like a wild, wild fermented made in like the style of mezcal, but with sugar cane, uh, Mexican rum uh, made out of Oaxaca, which is like a new spirit. And it's a new, like, it's almost like a new spirit category. And so there's, there are new possibilities being unlocked on the spirit side of things, which makes it easier for bartenders to like use just the stuff on their back bar to make new drinks instead of having to worry about infusions or, or, or like Mm -hmm. crazy syrups or anything like that. Um, Yeah. It's which is very cool. 
Totally. And that's the Paranubes? Paranubes, yes. Paranubes okay. is the rum that I'm talking about. It's really, really cool. I just know I would um, be like, what is that? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, yeah. I was like, like, you got to is... tell us what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Paranubes, P-A-R-A-N-U-B-E-S. If you want to sponsor us, please. Um, <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite, yeah, one of my favorite new products that a I've very come across. funky daiquiri, yeah, an incredibly funky daiquiri. If you like um, Jamaican rum or you like cachaça, uh, which is a, a Brazilian spirit very similar to rum, uh, kind of falls underneath the umbrella of rum, then you might like this. Um, but anyway, uh, we've talked enough about daiquiris, and I'm really, my, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling parched. Um, I, I was uh, just about to say, me too. So we should definitely. <laughs> Go make uh, another take one. Take a little break. Uh, but two. we will catch you guys in just a little bit. Okay, we were uh, <laughs> we started talking again before we uh, started recording again. But uh, we we realized we didn't talk about daiquiri specs. Yeah, Lynn, what are we drinking? Uh, currently, we're drinking. Uh, well, I we're drinking a blend of uh, plantation five year rum, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray and nephew overproof Jamaican rum. Yep, mm-hmm. uh, and just a little bit of Crucian blackstrap rum, mm-hmm. uh, which adds like a little bit of of bitterness and plays plays like adds a little bit of funkiness as well. Uh, but the, the Jamaican rum in there is driving the funkiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, I, I like to Which do... Which one is the Jamaican rum? Ray and Nephew. Ray the and one nephew. that I gave you a shot of yeah, one time. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, yeah, God. A normal person would be like, oh, like, we're doing a tequila shot. We're doing a mezcal shot. Like, it was my oh, birthday. Oh, like, I'd a normal person <laughs> shot. And then someone hands you Ray and Nephew. You, you're going to think you're dying. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize that you didn't know what it was, and I apologize. It was not announced. But I thought for those, I was going to die. I was very mad. <laughs> for those that I, don't know what those, Ray and Nephew is, I, it's one of the... F- yeah, that's yeah. Right, go ahead. Uh, yeah, sorry, I was co-opting your sentence. No, it's fine. Uh, a rum that's near <laughs> and dear to my heart and is wonderful when adding a little bit of um, kind of context and texture to uh, daiquiri. Uh, so the reason Elise probably struggled with it so much is that it is 126 proof. Um, so it is not really meant to be had on its own. <laughs> it uh, is not. No. Well, okay. Joy Spence, who is the master distiller, would probably say otherwise. <laughs> she is an amazing mind. She also does Appleton Estate. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've been told that Ray and Nephew is one of her, like, kind of babies. Like, one of her, one of her projects that nobody will ever... Nobody will ever mess with. Uh, and I, I've loved it for it's so perfect. long. But uh, yeah, no, it, yeah, Elisa, uh, I think he was yeah. just, he was, he was being mean to you. Um, you and, know, and not intentionally. It, I wasn't, not, not but, intentionally. But like, that should come with like a big warning. Like, just so you know, this is going to wreck your shit. By, by yeah. The, yeah, right. By the way. Yeah. Um, just like, just so you know, brace yourself. Cause if you're not braced, you're going to be like, sputtering like <laughs> so so Ray and Nephew is part of this drink and it's delicious in this drink um I'm terrified on its own of it on its own um but uh, it's Ray and Nephew yeah so so um let's let's talk really briefly about recipes like 
We yeah, mm-hmm. well, we've talked we've talked about like what a daiquiri is, which is which is rum, lime, and sugar, uh, most often in the form of simple syrup. I think within those confines, each person should feel the freedom to make their daiquiri how they would as like. tart yeah. or as sweet as they would like. The standard recipe is two ounces of rum three quarters of an ounce of lime juice and three quarters of an ounce of one-to-one simple syrup. I like mine a little bit more tart. So I, I bring down the simple, but I keep the rest the same, but I do like a richness of flavor. Mm-hmm. So I, instead of a regular uh, white cane sugar, I use Demerara sugar, which is a raw sugar mm-hmm. um, with a little bit more molasses flavor to it. So it adds a little bit of richness while still bringing the sugar content mm-hmm. down and increasing the tartness. And I prefer aged rum typically. Mm-hmm. Um, Likewise. I like, I like a nice aged rum uh, plantation five year is my go-to. So my typical recipe for myself is two ounces. Uh, if I'm keeping it simple, which I didn't this time, <laughs> if I'm keeping it you simple, do? you do sometimes. Yeah. Every now and then uh, two ounces of plantation five year, uh, three quarters of an ounce of lime juice and a half ounce of uh, demerara sugar. Uh, okay. And that's a one-to-one. And one. Yeah, one I, I, I just do it one. Yeah, I do equal parts so, water and sugar. Yeah. You so can do that wanted... on the cooks. St- you can do that like you can do that two one of two ways. Well, one of three ways. You can either do it on a stovetop, uh, heat up the water and let the sugar dissolve. And that's like you take one cup of water, one cup of sugar. Exactly. And then like one cup of water, one cup of sugar. You can right. do like five cups of yeah. water, five cups of sugar. Um, it's make better. It's it's better to do it. If you've got a kitchen scale, it's better to do it by weight in grams. Mm. Uh, but but that's you for can, fancy people. That's for yeah, fancy, it's people. For fancy I mean, people. It will, yeah. <laughs> but it is it is like it is arguably more accurate. We can, that's not the point. But uh, if you've got a kitchen scale, kitchen scale, I would recommend doing it that way. But also a cup of sugar, yeah. a cup of water. That's yeah. that's what you want to do. I was gonna um, pardon to interject. Uh, I was actually just thinking about this cool little trick that I wanted to talk to you guys about because I think it's kind of. Neat. Uh, I had a bartender friend show me this a long time ago. Uh, he had like these little mason jars at his home, uh, but you can use any kind of sort of small vessel uh, and you fill it up about halfway with white sugar uh, and then give it just maybe like uh, what I'll do. I do a one and a half to one from sugar to water. So I'll do like mm-hmm. a little bit of water. Um, you know, I try to get it. So it's, I guess, uh, you know, technically a third of uh, or two thirds of that, sorry. Uh, and then I'll put it in the microwave um, for about 15 seconds. Um, and that gets it hot. So if you're ever, because I try to, a lot of times I'm trying to make cocktails on the go for, you know, for people that are like maybe just stopping in or whatever it is. I, I like to be able to be quick with it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll stick it in the microwave for 15 seconds, give it a little quick stir. And if I have time, I'll throw it in the fridge and that'll cool down and it'll thicken up nicely. But just a little heck. So, yeah. Another another hack uh, is uh, blend it. If you yeah. got a blender on hand, okay. But how much? It. All of the things. Land. How much ice do you use, though? I don't. I feel like that's the biggest. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing, Nick. Is that you use none of ice? None. None of ice. None of ice. None of ice to make simple syrup. Oh, I thought you meant for the daiquiri itself. Oh. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm yeah, okay. About... Well, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, you could blend it. If you're doing it in large volumes, you could blend it. Um Yeah, like if you're making if you're making like a pint of simple syrup, you could do like the requisite amount of sugar and water and put it in a blender and just blend it for like 
a minute. Yeah. And it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, because the main, like the main reason of heating it up is just just that like sugar dilutes faster mm-hmm. when it's hot, right? But if you agitate it quickly enough, it, it will d- also matter. dilute pretty quickly, right? Yeah. So yeah. cleaning up you pot won't have... is easier than cleaning up blender, though. This is true. Also so true. I mean, it's to each their own. If you're looking like you don't necessarily want your simple your simple syrup hot. So if you're looking to make cocktails mm-hmm. quickly, mm-hmm. then Blend blending it, it is faster. But if you're if you're looking to to like make a batch of simple syrup for later, heating it up in a pot is easier. Okay, I kind of feel like I just got attacked for using microwave simple syrup in my cocktail. No, or simple, no, yeah. no, no. Also, I also love microwave. That. I've That's never thought about so good. You know what? Hey, it's like hey, simple I'm trying to appeal to our traditional consumer at home. You know, like that's like, fair. Honestly, you know what? Oh, you know also, what? Some people don't have pots or like if you don't have a great way to store it like that's awesome like if you can take like a quarter cup of that's actually really good like a quarter cup like if you're if you just have like a couple friends coming over and you want to make like a couple mark like a couple daiquiris couple whatever margaritas like uh do you you use simple syrup and margaritas no you you would use agave you would use agave i still and you can just buy that yeah Mm. uh use agave but um, like if you're like, that's awesome. Like take a quarter cup of sugar, quarter cup of water. If you're just using like want like a tiny, tiny bit or just want some for yourself to mm-hmm. make like one drink or yeah. something like that. That's yeah. so cool. I and love that, that. that is that is a like that's a really like I've never thought about that before. Sorry, I I didn't mean to not give it its no, due. No, oh I love that. Make um, that so that's so easy. Like, I can it tell you're really upset fancy. and I apologize. Um, <laughs> listen, no, but, I, like, oh, the only thing I, I want from you two that. going forward with this podcast is just to be meaner to your guests. All right. <laughs> you know, that's that's all. You're, you're, you're busting, using the microwave. Yeah, right. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Exactly. You have a microwave. <laughs> I have three. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. We don't have three microwaves. We don't have an oven. We just have like 15 <laughs> microwaves stacked on top of each other. <laughs> We uh, don't have, yeah, we've which, only been using the microwave. Uh, we don't even have a sink. We just throw it all away. <laughs> well, last thing I was going to say about making the, the simple too, is that it's fun to add a little, like a little pinch of salt sometimes too. Um, just mm-hmm. gives it a little Ooh. bit more like complexity. And uh, there's a savory element to some daiquiris that I've really enjoyed. Uh, the Fox one that you've talked Absolutely. about earlier uh, definitely had some salt in it. Uh, it still does. For sure. It's still on their menu. Um, you, We mm-hmm. talked enough about this daiquiri that I, I feel like I would not be doing him uh, a service if I did not mention the creator of this drink's name, uh, Will Benedetto, who was the person that hired me uh, at the Fox. And I do yeah. remember it being one of the very first drinks that I tried there. Uh, and we were doing, um, you know, for those of you who haven't heard of doing stock instead of juice, uh, which I imagine is still a, a a new concept to a lot of people. What is stock? So, yeah, Will's initial thought. Will was the one that introduced the idea of stock to the Fox, and his initial thought was that juice was so wasteful. So he wanted to come up with a product that tasted very very similar, but uh, would have a five day uh, shelf life as opposed to you know one day or two, depending or three, depending on who you ask. Um, so what stock is, is it's exactly what you might think if you think about like um, like a chicken stock or a beef stock. Mm. Uh, it's, it's literally taking the husks, uh, which the husks are like the, the already used in juice skins of lemons and limes uh, and soaking them in hot water. 
uh, and then mm-hmm. kind of refortifying it with uh, citric acid, malic acid, and sugar. Because um, those are the three essential components of any citrus that you might buy at the, the grocery store, are those three things. So his idea was to kind of come up with a, um, a replacement uh, that tasted, if when tasting them side by side, juice in the stock, that you would get something ideally very similar. Now, there's been a lot of conversations about this. I love the Fox and always will. And I think their methods make a lot of sense for them. They are a, you know, uh, they're, they're max though, uh, like I think 50 people. It's, like a, it's, yeah, it's so say it's like a 40, 50 seat bar. Right. And so I think doing that on a larger scale is very, very tough um, for, you know, uh, uh, like because it, it, reducing that stock takes a long time. Uh, it's about like three or four hours. And, you know, with all the other things you got to prep for your normal cocktail bar, it's not feasible. Uh, And that's why I respect the the Fox's uh, commitment to this approach uh, very much so. Uh, The stock is not as bright and as intense as juice, um, but which can work well and also not as well and not so well, depending on what cocktail you're thinking about. Uh, The reason I think it worked so well for this daiquiri is that it had a touch the stock has a touch of a bitter element to it um, because the rinds tend to have that, that bitter element. Um, so if we're soaking those rinds uh, you know, in, in hot water for a long time, we're going to get a little bit of that bitterness. And when it was mixed with those other three rums and some sugar and rums, as, as we know, like just obviously the, the, probably the sweetest spirit, you're just giving that the lime stock kind of having that bit of bitterness to balance out the sweetness I think that was your your winning combination for sure. Yeah, it it really was like it it really is a testament to uh honest, honestly to Will for for like figuring out how to kind of balance around the stock because I've tasted the stock on its own mm-hmm. and it like it it'll it kind of is reminiscent of juice but it doesn't taste exactly the same and it's like it's oh I would have different. to change the way. I would have to change the way that I make cocktails uh, yeah. if I worked here. Um, um, can I ask a question? Yes, yeah. please. Um, what? So, like, the stock is made out of the outside part, right? Yeah, from so- the- soaking it and then reducing it and adding the, the ingredients S- that I talked about. So, what do you do with the middle part of the citrus? Oh, yeah. So, okay. I, I skipped a step. I apologize. So, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, no, no, you're fine. I'm glad you asked because those rinds were actually. Uh, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Matt Butel uh, and Nashville Bar Alliance uh, here in Nashville because mm. he and his company do an amazing job with all, uh, like all the accounts that they work with. So Matt and his company specializes in making specialty ice, um, normally like big cubes or sometimes those longer spears that fit highball glasses, uh, the longer tall mm. ones. Uh, anyways, they also do a lot of juicing uh, for bars in Nashville uh, that just don't have the time to you know, do it themselves or have the money to hire somebody. So they just like, they can outsource it. And when Matt was uh, in his company, were juicing all those lemons and limes. They would, le- they would save us the, the skins, the husks. Uh, and then they would, gotcha. they would deliver it along with our ice that they were, we were already ordering from them anyways. Uh, so it was essentially trash to them. I think they charged us like three, three, that. three bucks a, uh, for like a big container of them. Uh, and then, yeah. you know, that's amazing. It is cool because I, I think that uh, having somebody else's waste be your one of your products is a really interesting idea. And I like that more bars are 
just and the Fox, you know, and Henley in Nashville specifically to open my eyes up to this. How many bars are dehydrating fruit uh, and uh, and and trying to yeah, be that's more? A huge thing now, no question, and rightfully so. It it needed to be honestly because um, the bar scene was was wasteful there for for a while, and we still are. But you know, I think it's it's gotten a lot lot better uh, for for initiatives like this. So. And we got a really, yeah, really amazing absolutely. decory out of it too. So um, I'm not complaining. Yeah. And I would truly like to see more of that in, in the bar industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I feel like, I feel like you, you talked about the decory and also you gave us that amazing hack for, for like microwaving your simple syrup and getting it out there quickly. Um, so that brings me to my first question for you, uh, which is, uh, for somebody who's making cocktails at home, uh, what is a what is a piece of advice that you have for them? If we're going to talk about this cocktail specifically, I think if you're making this at home, rule number one, don't overthink it. Uh, I Don't try to, you know, add in some other stuff, uh, you know, to make it cool the first time around. Uh, you, you know, get a rum that you at least have heard of or or, or maybe a friend recommended it to you. Uh, you know, I, I would say try, tr- ideally try the rum before you make the drink, uh, use fresh juice, uh, ultimately, <laughs> you know, it, because as I talked about, like the stock only makes sense for so many different, you know, options. Uh, I think ultimately if you're at home, you're doing your own thing, one of those little clamp juicers that you can find on Amazon or at the grocery store, uh, and then to have your, uh, your microwaved simple, as we mentioned. <laughs> And yeah, and to do to do whether it's three quarter, three quarter, two. I, I was actually gonna say with my sh- a little bit. I use a sweeter simple syrup, but I'll do a little bit more lime juice. I'll do one ounce, one ounce lime juice, three quarter of uh, like a richer simple syrup, and then two ounces of rum. Uh, and yeah, and yeah, it makes this is a drink that like I always. I, I've seen a lot of bartenders do some weird things over the years, but. Um, this is one drink again that like you can screw up on the execution of it because it's a drink that could really benefit from the dilution and aeration that you give yeah. uh, when you're when you're shaking um, pretty significantly. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. why I think daiquiris that's, are so fun to make. Just you just you know absolutely. How how long should you shake? Yeah, great yeah. question. Yeah, uh, that was actually what I was about to get yeah. into. Uh, so. Uh, it depends, obviously, on how hard you're shaking. I like to give people like a, a base of at least eight seconds. Um, and uh, and again, you're really trying to make sure we, with your hands sealed around, you know, on, on both ends of the set of tins or, or whatever you might be shaking with, uh, just to really make sure that the ice is hitting the back end of the shaker and then the front end. Um, just again, because that'll really get the aeration going. It's it's what gives yeah. it that that little kind of like foamy element when you eventually pour it out. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I think it depends on the type of drink that you're you're putting in your glass. Like if you're shaking a drink that's that you're putting over an ice cube, you don't have to shake it for as long because it's right. going to mm-hmm. dilute while it's in the glass. Exactly. Whereas if you're shaking a daiquiri, which you would uh, presumably serve up, so with no ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to want to shake that for a little bit longer to achieve the proper dilution. Uh, a baseline of like eight seconds, between eight and 12 seconds, science says all kind of comes out to about the same. Right. Mm-hmm. I do remember hearing uh, one of my old bar managers told me that anything like beyond 14 seconds, you've 
pretty much almost diluted it as much as you can. Um, if okay. if you've been shaking with full force, so when you get you, you hear someone shaking for that long, you're like, okay, that that drink is essentially dead. Um. Okay, I was I was gonna say how long is too long because like yeah. I would be like, all right, I'm gonna shake this really good. The longer, the better. And yeah, it's good to know. So yeah, uh, it's good to find that when window. to stop. Yeah, like like <laughs> I try to count. Honestly, I I still I, I was counting in my head when I made was drinking. Uh, Sorry, making myself this this daiquiri that I made earlier. You know, it's just it becomes a part of your natural process, and you're like, you're like, you know, every time. Yeah, exactly. Well, we probably honestly at this point we subconsciously count, right? And like, because mm-hmm. it's you just you do it so many times that you just don't even realize that like, and you can talk to somebody about how shitty their day is, and still you know get get some good pumps <laughs> yeah. in, and then you know get, go and get the glass, and all the same time, you know, that's that's the fun part of it. But uh, yeah. Yeah, honestly, uh, it's it's one of the re- main reasons I, I just think this drink is incredible, and it's so that it's one of the main reasons I love like teaching people about it is because it's so like replicable at home. You're able to do yeah. this mm-hmm. out of the out of the convenience of your own home so easily with not spending a ton of money either, and that's a huge. All thing. you need to bu- yeah yeah all you need to do is buy rum and limes. <laughs> You probably, you probably already, already own sugar. sugar yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like which, you probably already own sugar and you definitely yeah. like have access to water which, most likely. Like you're going right. to you're going to land you're going to put the uh recipe yeah, or like the basic the, recipe I'll for put this the basic in the recipe episode description. Awesome. In the episode so description. basically like what I cuz I have a terrible memory. I have like a margarita like I have some like drink recipes like saved in my notes app on my phone. Yeah. Copy and paste that into the notes app of your phone and like it'll be so easy every time yeah. like and honestly, like I, I was going to say, nobody will tell you this, but most <laughs> bartenders will tell you this. A good hack for making drinks is like, like, do you want a whiskey sour? Two ounces, three quarter, three quarter. Yeah. Like the two, hack. three quarter, three quarter model of of like two ounces of spirit, three quarters of an ounce of citrus and three quarters of an ounce of sweetener uh, is a good baseline to go for for basically any drink. Do you want a margarita? Mm-hmm. Two three quarter three quarter of agave and lime juice and two ounces of tequila. Two three quarter three quarter two rum two three quarter simple three quarter lime juice for a daiquiri. Whiskey sour two ounces of whiskey three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice three quarters of an ounce of simple and an egg white. Uh, gimlets like you gimlet yeah same thing yeah. like mm-hmm. gin or vodka three quarters of an ounce of lime juice. And three quarters of an ounce is simple. Like you can make so many different drinks with that exact same model. It's like mm. the four chord progression. Uh, like <laughs> That's the good. The four I chord like music that. progression of of cocktails. Yeah, it's I it really write is. that down and at least. You can just. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so you, you like so many of the drinks that I make start like if I'm making mm-hmm. a shaken drink and I'm trying to come up with something new, it starts with that baseline model every time. Mm-hmm. And then I, I add ingredients or, or change ingredients or whatever like it. But it always starts. So, yeah. With two, two three quarter, three quarter. quarter right. Three quarter. Uh, so the the next thing that we need to talk about is. Uh, <laughs> Nick has gotten up to <laughs> go Nick. get himself a shot of rum. <laughs> there we go. Uh, which is listen, really if we're going to do this. We got to do it right. And yeah, I wouldn't, right. Have, I wouldn't have agreed to this if I didn't think the two of you weren't going to give alcohol the respect that it deserves. Uh, but, I, <laughs> but I know I know that you both do. And so 
Um, I do have some more ingredients to make another daiquiri. However, uh, I'm going to give a quick shout out to Smith and Cross, one of my favorite rums, and I'm going to drink it neat. Now I'm jealous, so I need to go get myself okay. some rum. So at least you need to ask him the question. Okay. You have Ooh, to ask well, him the question. The question. Again. Uh, okay. So the question is, um, land has to be so fast. What have you noticed that is on TV <laughs> that is like something that like doesn't translate to real life? Like to what misconceptions yeah. have you seen on TV about drinking that you're like, that just is not true. That doesn't happen. Um, like that yeah. give people the wrong idea. It's like, it's like on like, I don't know, like battle TV shows where sure. they're like, that's not how you use swords at all. And you need like <laughs> a weapons like specialist that you wish they like consulted. But, like, what do you wish there was like a bartender consultant on <laughs> shows that you've watched um, that would like help them get it right? Well, it's it's hard because I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to sound like the old man in the room and being like. They should be keep, the old keep man. The, yeah, they should keep this more traditional. <laughs> like, you know, this is your moment to be the the old man. The old man. Also yeah, I know. Elise, I love you. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> she, yeah. Listen, uh, she she probably deserves some sort of salary at this point. Um, my my timing's impeccable. <laughs> it is. Uh, no, uh, so I think one thing for me, and like I've actually, I've been thinking about this show a lot recently. Uh, I'm sure you both have at least seen snippets of it. Uh, How I Met Your Mother. Um, yes. And okay. So I I mainly was thinking about it because I watched uh, the sequel to it recently, How I Met Your Father on Hulu with Hillary Duff. Which I yeah. haven't yet watched, but it's okay. been recommended to me. I, and in I just, my mind, it's it's Lizzie McGuire part two, all grown up. Understood. Which is not the case. It's but in my mind, that's it's what It's nostalgia it is. for us. Um, Mm -hmm. even though it doesn't seem like this on the outside, this conversation is relevant, uh, because (laughs) (laughs) one of the main characters in how I met your father owns a bar and, Mm -hmm. and so he like, doesn't really know how to bartend in, in the, you know, in the show and kind of like, I don't know, he's got, he's got like one worker that is always on his phone. Uh, and he never, you know, never reprimands like him or anything. Bar. Yeah, and like there are people there that look <laughs> like they may have ordered like white claws from the bar, but it's kind of tough to tell. You know, um, there was a lot of that. There was some of that in How I Met Your Mother uh, too. Um, in terms of like, there there were definitely scenes where they engaged with the bartender for like twenty minutes. Uh, you know, and I remember just kind of being like, "Dude, you were four deep at that bar." How are you? How are you talking to uh, to Barney Stinson for this long? Like you know, yeah. Um, you have other guests, yeah. <laughs> Unless somebody is sitting directly in front of your well at a bar, it is unlikely that they're going to be able to talk to you for a, an extended period of time. Yeah, and even then, they're going to walk away. They're gonna they're gonna like make drinks while you're while they're doing it. That's the thing. I, I just feel like most episodes now should like half of them should be people just waiting in line to get drinks. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, great, great bottle episode would yeah. be twenty just minutes of conversation. Waiting, for, waiting in line to get drinks uh, right. while 
while you're like, oh my God, when will, when will this bartender notice me? Okay, like, what is going on? What is the gossip? Like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. What's new with you? Some like maybe some flashback scenes. Yeah, like, and every time, every time they really get into the conversation is when the bartender notices them and like leans over to like say something. <laughs> and but they're, they're like, no, no, they're no, too no. deep in their own. Thing <laughs> they can't even order. Drink. Yeah, yeah. Can't order. And they're there the whole time, and they're like, well, shit. And they're like, last call. And they're like, ah, ah. <laughs> Oh, rats, I wanted to decorate, oh, but man. not too sweet. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into uh, listener questions. So one of my friends uh, sent in this question. Her name is Eve. She's wonderful. Thank you, Eve. Uh, I don't drink liquor. So when you order a liquor drink, like a whiskey ginger or whatever, uh are you supposed to say what kind of whiskey? Is there a default? The answer is yes. Um, if you say a whiskey ginger, you're going to get the well. Yes. Um, you're going to get whatever they've got, which is the, the, the thing that they pour the most of. Depending on the place that is, you know, the quality varies. Um, which, if you don't care, that's fine. If you don't care, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> also, there's absolutely no shame in asking what a uh, place's well is. Yeah, what the well is. Absolutely. Sometimes I'll be like, I would like a martini. What's your well? And if they're like, oh, it's Ford's. Then I'll be like, yeah, hell yeah. Make me a martini with Ford's. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, if, but if they're like, it's uh, Mr. Hickey's <laughs> Juniper <laughs> Juice. Bathtub experiment. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Higgy's bathtub juniper experience. Bath, bathtub juniper I'm gonna experiment. Say, oh, I'm going to say, yeah. I'll, I'll have beef eater, please. <laughs> um, You're like, you know what? I'll, I'll have any other gin. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to start a band called Mr. So, Higgy's like, bathtub juniper experience. <laughs> if you're at a cocktail bar, most likely their They're wells are pretty stuff. solid. Yes. Like, exactly. I mean, but I mean, it depends on where you are, I guess. Uh, is what I'm trying to say. Sure. Like a cocktail bar most likely is going to have a pretty good well because also that's probably what they use in their cocktails. That's a pretty good guess. But then like if you're going to a dive bar, they may have worse spirits. They also might not. So basically, if you don't know, if you like want to order a whiskey, whatever, and don't have a specific whiskey and they're like, what kind of whiskey do you want? And you're like, what's your well? And they're like, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, cool. Well, that's good for me. I think that you is d- fine. I think if you don't ha- if you don't have like a go to whiskey, yeah. like that would be a good exchange with a per- like a bartender. You can even ask like, uh, again, if you're at a cocktail bar, it's probably good. If you're yeah. at not a cocktail bar, I think that it's probably fine to you for you to be like, how do you feel about this whiskey? And if they go, mm, oh, be like, okay, what then, what would you say? Like, I would say uh, a couple a couple that I would maybe throw out. Wild Turkey is a very good brand. Um, it's still pretty cheap, but like, but like, mm-hmm. good quality. Uh, Four Roses is another that I would call for off the top of my head. Uh, if you've got Evan Williams, yeah, hit that up. Uh, even Jim Beam. I, I think is 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 solid solid whiskey. It it definitely is one of my favorite bars in Austin right now, uh, Nickel City. Uh, they have on tap a Beam Highball. Oh, and it's just like Jim Beam and soda. They do a little bit of lemon peel. It's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, that's the thing that like I I don't know. 
it it helps to be specific only when you think that maybe uh maybe what they you know what they have is uh kind of not legit you know if you're really like concerned you go to a place and you're like oh god like you know i think i just saw a dead yeah. body in the corner then maybe i should ask what their well whiskey is um <laughs> you know i especially like especially if you're mixing it with something like i don't you don't just like how we talked about making the decree, like don't overthink it. If you're going with just a, uh, a whiskey soda or a, a tequila soda, like uh, Altos, Espolón, uh, all those are are great for the, you know those as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Altos, Espolón, Arete, yeah. Uh, yeah. all of those. Like, I think all of those kind of fall in that same category of like pretty solid. Um, as long like for tequila specifically, as long as you are or ordering something that is 100% agave, then you're probably going to be fine. Um, it's when you get into those things that are like partially agave, partially neutral grain spirit. Right. Uh, Which the, if you're trying to order a whiskey drink. No, no, no. Oh, You've okay. sent that one in uh, and she just used think, whiskey as a placeholder. But I think, I think that's a good, if you don't, no or don't super care like i think that's a really good question to yeah, start with like, i do too what is your well what is your well whiskey or like what are like what's your well whiskey and then like is there like is there anything you'd recommend i don't know if that's a good question but like no, it is like i feel like that's that's yeah. a good question to like start the conversation and like that's a great question yeah. like and it sounds like you know what you're doing mm-hmm. um i and- also think that like in any scenario a good bartender is going to want to help you find your best option. Yeah. And so asking them, hey, is your like, what is your well? And then when they're like, it's this or that being like, how do you feel about your well? I feel like asking, is it good? Is is (laughs) is like a little bit more aggressive, but like, how do you feel about the well? And if they're like, oh, yeah, no, I think it's really solid. Then like, trust them because that's a really solid chance for them to upsell you. Yep. And they, they could be like, Oh, this there, you could try this thing. That's like $5 more expensive. <laughs> and they don't, they mm-hmm. don't have to recommend the thing that they pour the most often. Right. And so if, if you give them a chance to be like, how do you feel about this? Um, and if they respond positively to that, then they've, they've endorsed it. Right. And they had, they had a chance to tell you that something else that was more expensive was like a good option. And they decided to tell you that the thing that was the cheapest was a good option. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that there's ever any shame in asking, uh, how do you feel about this, this thing that you are serving the most? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I, uh, the last thing I was going to mention about that question was, uh, it's important as a consumer to do some of your own research. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like there are uh, we're all a little bit brand loyal with all the different products that we use, whether it's like, you know, skincare or hair care, what, you know, um, or or, or like, honestly, I'm I'm brand loyal to Jeep and I can't even give you a good reason (laughs) why. Um, I just know that I've had four Jeeps. (laughs) <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> so you know uh so uh, famously famously unreliable yeah right uh, yeah. we've i've had some good, some good moments um i'm sure but uh that, so that's the thing is it, you will find if you start to taste different ones or uh honestly I, I think a lot of 
like as drinkers, we're all getting smarter about how things uh, like interact with our bodies or how they make us feel. Um, I definitely have some, I, I, I'm, you know, I won't talk poorly about any certain brands, but I definitely have some brands that like, if I have a lot of it, like I, I'll get really, really hung over as opposed to some others where I like, I could have the same volume and, and have a bit of a hangover, but not, not quite as much. So, you know, it's just something to, to keep, think about and, and everyone, yeah. everyone's going to be different in how they react to these spirits. So that's, that's absolutely. Um, yeah. And definitely like, don't let us tell you what to do. Uh, don't let anybody tell you what to do. Form your own opinions. You like the drinks that yeah. you like. You like the spirits that you like. And if we if we shit on a spirit like old Hoochinani's backyard uh, wheat grain backyard stuff, barbecue, uh, mm-hmm. backyard barbecue booze, uh, which is a very real brand that you should definitely look up. Um, I I if love we, if we shit on that, and you love old Hoochinani's backyard wheat grain backyard stuff, then. Go for it. <laughs> I love bad taste if, like, that's your thing. Yeah, like, sure. That's awesome. Like, if that's your thing and, like, you love that, like, go for it. Oh, in anything, in drinks and fashion and music taste, like, everyone else thinks it's bad and you freaking love it. Like, if that's your thing, like, heck yeah. <laughs> heck yeah. Well, <laughs> heck yeah. All right, guys. Um, So, I think that will do it for us yeah. here at Bottle Episode. This is the longest episode that we've recorded so far. <laughs> it's going to be a lot to edit, but you know what? I don't feel bad for you, I'm honestly. For it. I, I don't. No. I really hope you keep, uh, please keep that comment. Don't edit that out. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to no, I mean, probably. Like, like I won't, but. <laughs> uh, no, I, we, this, is, this has been a lot of fun, and I know that adding a third person uh, to the mix was going to add some editing time, but also I think Elise keeping me on topic, <laughs> specifically me, but also everyone. Yeah, that and we bring on. What is that? Yeah, yeah. and and asking the questions that people that that people that aren't deep in the paint with bartending. Yeah, uh, like I I take some things for granted just because I've been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so thank you so oh, yeah. much for joining us, Elise. It was uh, so fun. I'm so yeah. glad that you're here. Seriously. Um, and Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Nick, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Y- you know, yeah. In terms of uh, shameless uh, self-plugging, absolutely. Uh, so I have started to work with this new startup called Nightscape. Uh, and it's kind of it's a projection mapping venue so that means you it we're kind of working on having a bunch of these screens uh set up in in a uh like a larger you know lounge space which holds about 60 to 75 people um depending on how many seats you have at each table but uh the idea is so you have the ceiling and the the walls are all all have some sort of projection on them and uh we're gonna have kind of like different themes for instance like the streets of tuscany italy and you know we'll serve uh some a really nice red wine list with you know you know some really special pasta uh we're partnering with a restaurant in nashville called pasteria uh and the chef and it is uh his name is zane and he's been he's been on uh chopped a couple of times and he you know he, he's been a, a james beard award nominee as well so 
it'll be fun to kind of talk to him about, you know, how, how to do uh, some of these things. So and every, uh, the scenes change probably, I think within each experience, they change every 20 minutes. So it's like a different kind of uh, representation of, uh, of the overall vibe uh, every 20 minutes, uh, which is really interesting. Um, and uh, I give them a lot of credit to, uh, you know, with, with all the production that's required for this project, which is just, uh, I don't know, on a level that I've never experienced before. Yeah. Uh, you sent me the website and it looked like really insane. <laughs> like the, the it's, I've never seen anything quite like it. I just felt like, oh, this could be anything. And this is just this like really wild, immersive concept. Uh, and it's really cool that you're like getting in on the, on the ground floor of it. Uh, so yeah, everybody check out, like if you're in Nashville, when are you planning on opening? So, uh, initial, um, like legitimate opening dates are probably uh, mid-April uh, in uh, mid-April. Yeah. yeah, sure. We're just so, in downtown Nashville, twelfth uh, and Broadway. Nice. Uh, yeah, if you are in Nashville uh, anytime in April, make sure to check out Nightscape. And if Nick is heading the cocktail and beverage program there, then you means know. they suck. No, it means they suck. It's, yeah, it means it means, that, it means it's gonna be to absolutely go. terrible yeah. and not good. No, it at means all. it's all a bunch of <laughs> shit and stay away. Yeah, well, uh, you and that means that I have really terrible taste because I've been talking about how the bar that he headed up for for several years is my most favorite bar of all time. So I, I have terrible taste, and we all Nightscape do, is gonna be terrible. Yeah. Um, no, check out Nightscape; it's gonna be great. Um, very, very cool. Uh, thank you so much, you both, for having me. Uh, this was yeah, such, a, such a cool idea, and I, I, I can't wait just to listen and, and see what you all you all do next. Um, because yeah. I don't know. I think this is is going to be a great bridge to connect. You know, the the spirit nerds to the to the people that want to know more and get a better you idea know. of what they're drinking. So yeah, a lot of the people that I want to reach are like younger drinkers who. Mm-hmm. Like my, my, my youngest brother is just turning 21. And I think yeah. it, like a lot of what we're doing mm-hmm. here is inspired by that, where it's just like, I, I would love to dis- demystify a lot of the, the process that, that I had to go through kind of blind sure. because my parents mm-hmm. didn't drink. Yeah. Um, so like, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Um, I panic and- ordered so many gin and tonics. <laughs> the first time you went to Attaboy. Okay, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> At some point, I want to talk about it. It's fine. Tonic. Everybody should be able to order whatever they want, but they I should was- also know why they want to order the things that they want. <laughs> I was panicking. I don't panic. know. But that's the thing is like, yeah, that's, so, so I just this panic is, ordered this. Is the, this, I want this to be the podcast for not only the people who want to learn how to make drinks at home, but also the folks who, who want to like learn what it is to drink at a bar and, and, and not have to like guess. Right. They, they can be informed. And also like, I feel like there's a lot of shame around not knowing yes. what to ask there is. and what to order. And I also want to alleviate that. Like, you like if if you're a young drinker listening like don't just don't, panic order gin don't and just tonics panic order gin and tonics cheese, um, yeah like you can <laughs> they're good like, but like order gin and tonics they're great don't panic order gin and tonics because you don't know what to order 
don't feel uncomfortable asking the questions. Mm-hmm. Ask, yeah, asking, especially at Attaboy, we could be like, I want something that's like an apple and it's cute. Yep. And we'll be like, okay, I'll make it. Yeah. The the thing is like, <laughs> if, if you like, especially, especially at cocktail bars, but I feel like pretty much anywhere, like ask the questions, be willing to be a little bit vulnerable about your lack of knowledge because really what that does is inform the bartender about how they should like curate your experience mm-hmm. basically like you you want to have a good experience uh, pretty much every bartender yeah. worth their salt wants you to have a good experience so like informing them of of where you're at and and being willing to communicate is is very important but i i do digress elise um, you're new. To, you're new to the I'm podcast. New to the podcast. You're a new staple. Wait, this, on the podcast. this was number one for you as well. This is this number, is one, number for one for me. For I'm as here. Well. This is number um, three. This is episode number three. Number one with Elise. Okay. I feel like I it's been very like, fun with Elise. No, listen. Yeah. Um, if, um, what's you this <laughs> lady doing on the podcast? Uh, yeah. Um, you can, yeah, you can, uh, uh anybody who says not that like me, off. but don't be a misogynist. Exactly. Um, <laughs> hate me for my personality. All right. Um, I just, I just poured a little more Smith and cross and I'm toasting it to you. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, um, tell me, tell me what you want to plug Elise, I because I think you have, have something to plug. I have an embarrassing amount of stuff to plug. Um, so basically, if you want to find me on Instagram, if you're like, this is a podcast, what do you look like? Um, I'm on Instagram at Elise.Nye, E-L-I-S-E dot N-Y-E. Uh, I'm on TikTok and uh, Twitter with no dot, uh, just Elise Nye. And I have another podcast called World is Burning, uh, which is generally about the climate crisis um we call it the storytelling podcast for your climate anxiety um which is why i was so interested in the um like waste saving stuff about fox like i love that so much um but that's another podcast i have if you want to listen to it uh we're now releasing episodes every other wednesday we have 50 episodes out now, which is 51 episodes out now, which is so exciting. Oh, yeah. Uh, more by the time this episode is released. So yeah, there's a the, big, if, if you've already caught up on Bottle Episode, there is a deep, deep catalog of um, World is Burning to listen to, um, which the climate crisis is generally depressing, but we like to talk about solutions. We like to talk about, like, where are we? I feel a lot better about the climate crisis since starting this podcast. So, it's very fun. Um, I've, I've had a very good time listening to your podcast, Elise. And uh, <laughs> thank you. I, I, I like you do the research, so I don't have to. Exactly. So if you're like, where do I start? Start with my podcast. Um, hey, uh, we do a lot of research. Yeah. Listen, the the two of you, uh, you're inspiring for the, the same word I mentioned many times earlier: the balance. <laughs> you balance yeah. each other out yeah. very yeah. well. So, oh, so well, thank you eventually, so much. I think so too. <laughs> exactly. So eventually we'll get into a release schedule where you can listen to my uh, my podcast about the climate crisis and then you unwind to bottle episode where you get to make yourself a nice cocktail, you that's, get to chill out, mm-hmm. you get to, you know, that's forget a little bit. My plan, we haven't that. released any episodes yet, but my plan is to release it at five o'clock somewhere <laughs> every Friday. 
that somewhere being central. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Nick is is miming shooting himself in the head. He hates this. But it's I mean, the five o'clock somewhere thing. Like, how often have we heard that? It's like, all right. oh, so many times. Yeah, but the somewhere I, is central. The time. somewhere is central time, very specifically. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I'll plug a couple things real quick. Yeah, um, I'm the head bartender at uh, Roosevelt Room in Austin, Texas. Please come by and see us. It's a really fun time. Uh, and our whole team is really awesome and we'll make sure to give you a really good experience. Definitely make a reservation. It's we get booked up really fast, but uh, please, please come and see us. We love meeting people. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. if you have any questions about bar etiquette, uh, home bartending or uh, cocktails in general, uh, you can email us at bottleepisodepod at gmail.com or you can message us on Instagram at bottleepisodepod. Um, we're also making cocktail videos on uh, TikTok at bottleepisodepod as well. Hopefully. Uh, absolutely. We're definitely doing that by <laughs> the time this sure. has been released. <laughs> by the time this has been released, uh, we will have done this thing. Um, so, yes, please check us out on all those things. Uh, check us out at the Roosevelt Room. It's a very fun bar. Um, and yeah. We'll see you next Friday at five o'clock somewhere. Central. We'll see you next Friday. No, Friday after next, releasing this every other week. We'll see we'll see you <coughs> next Friday after we'll next. The- at five at five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> we'll see you two Fridays from now at five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Five o'clock slumware. We'll Central. see you. Uh, I love Central. you both. This has been fantastic. <laughs> awesome. Uh, bye, everybody. Bye, I love you. <laughs>